This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. You're invited to join us at our worship assemblies each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. Emotions, a conscious mental reaction subjectively experienced as strong feeling usually directed toward a specific object and typically accompanied by a cycle philosophical and behavioral changes in the body you know God created us with many different emotions that we feel on a daily basis and these motions emotions have purpose but we can't let our emotions cause us to sin or keep us from working in the body of Christ we have to deal with our emotions in a healthy way You know, one of the side effects of not dealing with emotions, uh, there's a, and it, a legit scientific study that show people with emotions, uh, they carry them for such a long time, and they deal with them, they don't deal with them, and it, it starts to break down other parts of their body. Uh, there was a, a lady that was dealing with a, thyroid I mean she just showed up she just started losing all sorts of energy uh it wasn't doing she just her physical health just started to deteriorate and so with that they decide hey we're gonna we're gonna give you a uh uh a shot we're gonna we're gonna kill this thyroid usually it's it's by uh like a radiation or in that sort of manner, said, we're going to kill your thyroid, then you're going to be able to put on these antibiotics and this medication for the rest of your life. She was in her 30s. You know, she had a long way to go with having Graves' disease, is what they call it. So she got just talking with her, with her husband that was a therapist, and he started diagnosing her. He just started talking to her. She said, why do you feel this way? You know, she would, you know, break down crying. She would, and answering him, and he just kept going, why, why, why? And by the time they got done with it, it stemmed from a problem that she had whenever she was five years old, the emotional trauma that she felt, and she dealt with it. And she didn't have to have her thyroid killed. She ended, ended up slowly becoming better. And so whenever we look at our emotions and we look at our body and how it adapts and it changes, we need to consider what our emotions are doing to us and how they're affecting us on a daily matter. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, we, we want to focus on positive emotions, but as we all know, that's not something that we can do on a daily basis. It's, it's impossible. I would say that it's almost impossible to only think on positive emotions because you live in this world. You deal with people, you deal with family, and it's going to cause you to have negative emotions. We're going to look at Christ's life and the emotions uh, that we have recorded of him feeling. Christ experienced an array of uh, different emotions. And he, ex he expressed those without sin. One of the things that we need to 
we need to focus on. First thing we're going to look at is one of my favorites is anger. Uh, in John chapter 2, verses number 13 through 17, it says, And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to the Jerusalem, and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the changers of the money sitting. And we had made a scourge of small cord, he drove them all out of the temple. And the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the charger's money, and overthrew the tables. How would you like it if you had invited somebody into your home and they just started destroying it? How about you lending tools to your neighbor and know, he just leaves them out there in the dirt, they all get rusted. A couple of months later he goes, hey, you got my tools? And he goes, oh yeah, they're somewhere out there in the driveway. Been running over your socket set for the past, I don't know, week, two weeks. How would that make you feel? Angry? Yeah, he would have just now bought me a new socket set is what would have happened. Ladies, you bought some couple over to your house and they just go through all of your cabinets and just throw stuff around, dump out half of your Tupperware, broken dishes on the floor. Would you be mad? They ain't coming over again. Was God or is Jesus angry at this time? He saw people profiting off of other people's sin. His God, his Father in heaven, had a home. People came to worship him at, and they were making a mockery of it. He was mad. He was angry. But did he sin? I think he was justified in what he did. Next thing we're going to look at is fear. I didn't read all that verse. I apologize for that. Next we want to look at is fear. You know, fear can, can uh, make the body shut down. I've seen it, I'm sure you have too. I mean, I've seen people get, get so fearful that they start vomiting, they start shaking all over. It looks like they're going in convulsions, having a stroke. I mean, it, it fear will shut you down. In Luke chapter 22, verses number 39 through 44, it says, and he, and he came out and went, and he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And he was was at that at the place he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he withdrawn from about a stone's cast and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou wilt be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. You know, we, we, look, at, uh, we look at Christ right before he's going to get crucified. Um, I don't know, I, I, you almost see this as great agony and great pain that he knew was coming. And yet, his answer to it was, not my will, but thine be done. Praying to the Father. You know, do we, 
Do you face your fears? Because he did. Christ saw that, saw what was coming, and he faced it head on. Yeah, it was painful. He was in agony. You know, it's one of the things that I think of whenever I think of fear. You know, we fear those things that are going to hurt us. We fear those. We fear those things that that have us to do what we don't necessarily want to do. And Christ faced that fear. He accepted the outcome of what he had to go through. Look at sadness real quick. In John eleven thirty three through 36 says, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. This is whenever uh, Lazarus passed away. Was he saddened? The true dear friend that he just lost. He didn't truly lose him though, did he? This time that he had with him on this earth was was over. He saw the other people that were around about him, Lazarus' family, his friends. He was saddened for them. His friends just lost a, a brother, a son, and they were weeping. And yet he didn't turn around and be destructive. I've I've known I've seen people that get emotionally that get sad and the next thing you know it, it makes them turn to anger. I mean they get they get mad for for the things that they have lost, for the loved ones they've lost. I've seen people get so angry that they turn away from Jesus Christ himself. They get so mad that they lost a loved one they said, God, I don't love you anymore. I don't want anything to do with you. We let that emotion of sadness build, and it builds into hate. You know, it's a sad deal whenever that happens. We don't know, we do know why people die. You know, it's because sin entered into this world, correct? You know, before Adam and Eve, before they sinned, there was no death. And so now we have death in this world, and there's a lot of people out there that do not understand that, and that that overwhelming sadness. If they don't have Jesus Christ, they have anger. It'll drive them mad. We're going to look at joy. Be a little bit happier for a little bit. John 15, 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Jesus Christ is joy. I mean, that's just what oozed out of him is joy. He wanted joy for that same joy for everybody to feel. That same joy and that same hope of eternal salvation. That joy of heaven. Do you have that same joy? 
you ooze joy that this world is not your home. You ooze joy because you just you feel grateful and thankful that you do not have to pay for your sin. I'm overwhelmed with joy. I know I don't smile all the time. But I'm grateful, happy that I don't have to pay for the things that I've done. That's the joy that Jesus Christ gives us. Happiness in Luke 10, 20 through 21, it says, Notwithstanding in, the, in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent. These verses show, uh, show Jesus rejoicing in his Father's plan. His Father's plan of, of, of salvation for all. Next we see compassion. This is just, I mean, you look at Jesus Christ and you can, you can read about him and you don't have to go very far before you see compassion. In Matthew 9, 36 says, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now Jesus had compassion on this multitude because they needed somebody to lead them. They needed somebody to, to guide them in the way that they should go. To lead them into heaven. To show them the way. Seemed like at every turn, Christ had compassion. He saw people that were that had lost loved ones. He saw people that were uh, possessed with evil spirits. He saw people in pain, and he had compassion on them. He had enough compassion on you and I that he went to the cross for our sins. Jesus Christ is compassion. So as we've seen Christ live, and uh, without... Without sin and experience these emotions, we need to do the same. Can we feel anger, fear, sadness without sinning? It can be done, but at times it will be difficult. Can we look at the situation and say these things make me angry and still be able to hold our tongue? You know, I, 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 every once in a while, on certain occasions... I get mad at a cow, and the things that I say should not come out of my mouth. I mean, you would think that time, say, well, Matt, aren't you a Christian? You say, I don't know. Anyway, but my anger sometimes makes me to say things that I shouldn't, and certain people do the same thing to me as they do to you. How many times during a week do you have to bite your tongue? You know, I, it, a lot of times it would really make us feel a lot better if we could just vomit all over them and tell them what we really think. But is that going to do any good? It might make you feel better for about a second. But after that, what's left? You're just stupidity. You're just like, you know, I'll never be able to talk to that person again. 
that emotion of, of anger just led you to lose the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. That's what it has done, usually. There's a lot of people that once you have a bad encounter with them, they don't want anything to do with you anymore. They'll see you and slowly look the other way and avoid you. And so reaching that person after that point, I mean, you, you can't take those words back. I mean, there is a consequence for saying what we think. It's very important that as we feel these negative emotions that we internalize them, we look at them, we think about them, and we don't pour them out on people that don't deserve it, even though part of it may not deserve it. Can we experience sadness and not seek revenge? We're going to look at a couple of different other emotions. These don't always go good. Anger. In Numbers chapter 20, verses number 10 through 12. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly. And their congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. You know, there was twice that, that we can look at where, where Moses brought water forth out of a rock. The first time he did it in Exodus... He hit the rock, and water came forth. The second time, he was supposed to speak to the rock, and instead, he got mad, and he took that club of a staff that he had, and gritting his teeth and turning red, he hit that rock as hard as he could, twice. I imagine he was probably trying to break his staff. I don't know. He was mad. But he brought forth the water. And because of that action, he sinned. And because of that, he did not get to enter into the promised land. Ephesians 4, verse number 26 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And sin not are the key words in this verse. The emotion of anger is not the problem, but the action that leads us to sin. You know, I, I think about uh, I think about my my boys. They don't always mind. They're pretty good at minding, but they don't always do it. Remember, whenever you as you're raising your children, you tell them to do something, they don't do it. It upsets you a little bit, doesn't it? How about whenever they do the exact opposite of what you told them to do? Instead of working, they go to play. Makes you a little angry. But see, you love your children. And so you have patience, you have compassion, you forgive them. That's how we need to deal with everybody. You know, I'm not going to just 
prayer back and hit my boys because they make me angry and they don't do what I ask them to do. Don't let, don't let your anger cause you to sin. It's very easily said, but a lot of times it's, it's hard to do. Look at fear again. Matthew 25 and 25 says, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. This is the story of the talents. The master gave three men three different amounts of talents, and one that just got one talent, he was fearful. It's so fearful that he did absolutely nothing. He was fearful of the loss. Afraid of failure. What is fear keeping you from? Are you letting it control you? Like I said, fear can fear can make a lot of people shut down for they absolutely do nothing. It becomes so powerful in their in their body. Hebrews thirteen six says so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of the man that bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. When we experience fear, we cannot let it shut us down, especially whenever it comes to sharing the gospel. Sadness, grief. Look at next in First Kings nineteen three and five. It says, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. It is enough. Now. Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. This is a story about Elijah. Elijah just got through killing all the uh, all the servants or prophets of Baal. And and Jezebel. Uh, Jezebel wanted him dead. And she sent servants to go hunt him down. Elijah came out, went out there in the wilderness. He's like, I'm done. My life is done. I'm giving up. Just, Lord, kill me. We see this sadness that can turn us into, turn, turn into depression real, real quick. And from depression, once again, we shut down. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 10 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. When times get hard, we can't give up. When times get hard, 
is whenever we really need to start dwelling on those things that are good. Start dwelling on the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. Because that's how you get through these difficult times. That's how you get through this anger, this sadness, grief that you have. You turn to God. Next we're going to look at joy. In Luke 12, verse 16 through 19, it says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he threw himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have to have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, even joy, if we keep it to ourselves and we don't share that joy with others, it's not profiting us anything. First John 3, 17 and 18 is the bit. Whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shut up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. The joy that we have can always be shared with somebody that does not have it. In today's day and, and time, this world, you do not have to look very far to find somebody that needs some joy in their life. You don't have to look very far at all. Sometimes you don't even have to leave your house to find somebody that needs joy in their life. You know, the emotions, as I said before, these emotions can, uh, can shut us down. They can keep us from accomplishing the things that, that God would have us to. They've shut me down before, and I know there's many others here that have probably shut them down before as well. You see, trauma, the emotions from trauma that we face, uh, they shut us down hard. I mean real hard. PTSD, something that uh, not only myself, but many men and women that I know have dealt with in the past still deal with every day. Man can leave a war, but the war, the war will never leave the man. Something that he carries with him for the rest of time. We were, uh, Rowan and I were driving to Oklahoma City not long after I'd been out of the military, and there was a black bag on the side of the road on the side of I-40. And I literally got over into the other lane onto the shoulder on the other side as far as I could get to go around that black bag. See, while I was in the military, things that stick out that are by themselves, the enemy would use those as marker points to set up IEDs. So if you see something that sticks out, more than likely there's an IED right next to it and you get as far away from it as you can and you send in somebody else to deal with it. So in my mind, without thinking, as I'm going 75 down the highway, I see something and it automatically triggers a response, and I act. See, that's what your emotions are going to do to you. They're going to make you to automatically react to something that you see. 
it embeds so deeply into your mind that that you don't even have to think about it anymore. And it can happen at a very young age. I want to tell you a little story that uh, I know uh, as I was studying this, it emotions and emotion coding, it, it took me into uh, hypnosis. I, I used to think that hypnosis was kind of like, you know, halfway witchcraft and wizardry type stuff, but come to find out that an average person goes into a state of hypnosis 30 times in a day. So this time that you usually kind of zone out, you know, whenever you're driving down the highway, that is a state of hypnosis. So there was a man that one of the first doctors back in the 40s or 50s, um, he was dealing with this hypnotic therapy and dealing with people's emotions. He came across this man that uh, had a stuttering problem. And it was so bad that by the time he got up into his 60s and 70s, he took night jobs where he wasn't around a whole lot of people because he stuttered so bad he didn't, he didn't want to conversate with them. And it got so bad that he could barely talk at all. So he put this, he brought this uh, man before this panel of doctors and he was going to use him as an example how to, how to help people through hypnosis, right? So he puts him under and he starts talking to him. And I say put him under, we're not talking medically. He just, you know, going to count to three and you're going to go into a kind of a little bit of a sleep state so he does this and he found the problem with the man stuttering went back to whenever he was three years old whenever he was just a, a child his dad was a severe alcoholic and his dad came home one evening after after work and the little boy was putting baby chicks in the water barrel and they were drowning so his dad an alcoholic came home and he's just started beating on this three-year-old child and as he was doing that boy started crying he's he's tried to talk and his dad told him unless you have something good to say you keep your mouth shut and so he disciplined the child very badly so as this man was under hypnosis the doctor asked him he said why did you drown those little ducks and the man answered the doctor in the voice of a three-year-old child and said I just want to see the ducky swim he said it's okay you can talk now and when he told him that and he brought him out of hypnosis he never stuttered again See, that, that recollection, that, that memory, that emotion of pain and suffering stayed with that child from the time he was three years old until he was up in the 60s and 70s. Look at PTSD, and I know men that have served in Vietnam. They're still at war. And how long ago has that been? Close to 60 years? Our brains make pathways whenever we see something, whenever we go through hard times. You know, you go to a wedding and you feel joy for that couple because you know the, the marriage that you have with your spouse. Well, you take the same spouse that 
has been abused her whole marriage or his whole marriage, whichever the case may be, and they go to that wedding and they don't feel joy. They feel sadness, right? They feel betrayal. They feel hurt. And so they can divorce that person and still go to a wedding 50 years later and they still feel that. They still feel that sadness, that hurt, and that pain. Emotional trauma. If we don't deal with our emotions, that's what it becomes. It becomes trauma. We carry around this bitterness that that we almost cannot get rid of. Or can we? See, the world tells us that we have to take this medication, that we, we are this way and we cannot change. But that's not true. We can change. God has given us the power to change if we'll just take the time and examine ourselves. In John chapter 1, verse number 2 and 3, it says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, and he said, and he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, and to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You talk about bitterness. You talk about a person that's just going to kick and fight and scream. I ain't doing it. Will not do it because of bitterness. Jonah did not like the people in Nineveh. I mean, I don't know what they, I don't know what they did to him, but they burned him, and they burned him bad. But that bitterness took root, and it grew, and it grew to the point that he would disobey God. That's how strong it was. John 3.10 says, and God saw their works, and they turned from their evil ways, and God repented of the evil. And he said to the, he, and he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Verse number, uh, chapter 4, verse number 4, it says, and it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. God's forgiven these people, and it's still making him mad. He's just bitter. I mean, bad. Do you have bitterness towards anybody? I do. You want to see my mood change real fast? Have somebody walk through the back where Pop and Brandon are with a turban on. I'll change real quick. I'll get bitter. And that bitterness is going to make me angry. What emotions are you bottling up inside that can't let you let things go? Somebody burns you. So what? It won't be the first, nor will it be the last. Are you going to hold that hatred for them for so long? 
Are you going to forgive and let it go? We talked a little bit about all the different uh, health issues. Uh, I'm not going to go into all of them. It, it's, there is a long, long list. There's permanent side effects of, of adrenaline going into a person's body for so long, and, and it, it causes a lot of uh, blood pressure and everything else. Internal organs, I mean, it can all be related to emotions. The emotions that you feel, it, it keeps, keeps going into your body. It, it has effects, permanent effects for some people. They carry this anger, hatred around with them their whole entire life. We're going to look at Psalms 32, verses 3 through 5. Yeah. David is, uh, King David is one that if you want to read about emotions, uh, Psalms 38, you can read that whole chapter. And he, I mean, he just, he pours it out pleading with God to forgive him about the pain and anguish that he is in. You see, that's the positive thing about David. I mean, he he knew that emotion that he was feeling, and he, I mean, he felt it. He let it out there. He knew what was causing all this problem, and he, like Britt likes to say, he gave it to God. Psalms 32, 3 through 5 says, When I keep silence, my bones wax old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. David is probably one of the, the wisest men that that I can see in the Bible that that took responsibility for the things that he felt, for the things that he was going through, for his actions. No matter what the emotion. First Corinthians ten, verse number thirteen, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as in common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempered above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. You can bear every emotion that's out there. You can. And you can take the good emotions that you feel and you can share them with others. But if you don't, it will shut you down. A lot of you that were here last Sunday might recognize this slide. Brother Brandon closed his lesson with it. If you are not emotionally well, you cannot accomplish these things to the best of your ability. When I have trouble with, this one in the middle. I don't know, I told Brandon just for a little bit of snippet as I was leaving last Sunday, 
there comes a time in my life that I have a trouble. I have a lot of trouble getting here on Sunday. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I get here, but mentally, I'm not here. Yeah, I, I have a problem with dwelling on things, you know, running them over in my head, and and trying to figure out a better way or why they happened. Just analyzing the situation, I guess. And throughout the week, I'm okay because I can go to God on my terms and during my own time whenever I do have that quiet moment. But here, it's Sunday at 1030. you got to be here. Are you mentally here? And here in just a moment, we're going to take part of the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine, which represents Christ's broken body, that was put on the cross for our sins. Are you mentally here to do so? What emotions does that make you feel? Are you feeling angry because something that happened last week? Are you feeling joyous and grateful? Are you feeling pain that had to take place in order for you to have joy? Are you feeling those emotions, or are you back last Wednesday whenever somebody did something wrong to you? You feel that emotion of hate. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon podcast. If you would like more information or have questions about what you have heard, email us at cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Wheeler Area CFC.